Hello, this is Tim Price with the Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. I'm thankful that you're here today joining me for this episode. Thankful for each person who listens, whether you're brand new or you've been around a while. If you have been around a while, you know that some of these podcast episodes are kind of in the line of things that I'm involved in or interested in. They don't always um, have the exact same connection. And today is one of those. This is actually about student ministry mission events. You can scroll through these podcast episodes and find a variety of topics, mostly though geared toward church leaders, ministry leaders, and pastors. And I'm thankful that you're joining me today. In just a moment, we'll share four thoughts about student ministry mission events. Welcome to the Christian Life and Leadership Podcast with Tim Price. The purpose of this podcast is to help strengthen the church, build more effective leaders, and encourage your walk with the Lord. We'd be honored to have you share and rate this podcast. And if we can be of help to you, please reach out to us at timpriceblog.com slash podcast. Let's head over to today's show starting now. In all other ways, being formed as disciples. They are experiencing God's grace in their lives, and they're experiencing kind of an awakening in their hearts of God working through them and in them. They're putting into practice what they believe. And hands-on serving does wonders for learning and growing follower of Jesus. Well, in fact, hands-on work is such a witness to those around us and especially to those being served that we need to find ways to allow students to be involved and experience God in profound and new ways by participating in ministry and mission. In addition to the typical student ministry mission trip, which is also really important, and we have opportunities in our church for students to do that. But we also take time throughout the year to do little mission experiences, little spurts, to let students kind of experience things even if they're not on the week-long trip. And so here is one example of something we did recently. We actually called it a mystery mission partly because we had to have it on the calendar as we were planning for the new season. And so we weren't sure exactly where we would go. We had an idea, but we named it the Mystery Mission, which was part of the fun. All the high school students jumped on the church bus, had no idea where we were going or what we would be doing. And after the morning of serving together, we had lunch and went back home. It was a bite-sized, easily able-to-accomplish mission, didn't cost anybody anything, and it was a great opportunity. So before that event, I had a few thoughts about leading those one-day type of events. And some of these ideas, these four ideas here that I'll share in a moment, um, will actually also be helpful on a full-blown week-long or weekend mission trip in general. And actually, um, there might be five ideas here. I'm not totally sure, but I'll just start and jump in. So here is the first one. Advanced preparation will make it better. The intensity and length of your mission or ministry will determine how much pre-planning needs to be done for sure. But if you're going to be on a morning or a one-day serving time, you need to have a handful of conversations with the mission ministry hosts. Wherever it is that you're going to be at work and where you're going to be serving, you need to get connected to somebody more than text and more than email. Have them on the phone so they can hear your voice or better yet, even visit the site beforehand. And here are some of the questions that need to be answered and asked. What supplies are needed for the project? What project is happening? And what's the end goal, the objective for our group when we arrive and before we leave? How many people can be a part of this? What time does it begin and what time does it end? 
Who will we contact when we show up that day? How best can our team help? We want something that's going to be challenging enough and big enough for the size of group we have, but also that it's not going to be overwhelming, that it's able to be done. For a mission weekend or week, you also need to nail down a few other answers like lodging and cost and meals and the program and kind of the the history and all those things as well. But for this idea of a one-day event, you just need to make sure you hear the person's voice, what time they'll meet you, what you're trying to do, and what you need to bring. So that's the first one. The second one is, on those short mission days, you need to focus on the people you're serving. Once you arrive on the scene, the goal is to help, encourage, support, and serve those folks like Christ does for us. You check in with the leaders, take time to ask questions, and hear the goal of the time together. You want to make introductions and make sure you kind of let the students grasp a hold of what part they're playing in the overall mission of whoever it is that you are helping. Arrange beforehand to have the leader tell the story of why behind the volunteer mission work today. And toward the end of the day, make sure you get a group photo of those who invited you to serve. And in all those ways, you'll be focusing your efforts on people you are serving. And of course, there's uh, always more layers to that than just the one group. In fact, when we assemble a group of students and we take off to serve for an afternoon or a day, in fact, we are serving the students we're taking. We're giving them opportunities to be a part of the ministry and to take part in serving and using their gifts and, and allowing them to make connections in, in the broader church and in their uh, region with other students, maybe at least with other adults. And so there's several layers here of ministering and being ministered to. But as a group, we want to focus on those we are going to serve. That also plays into a few other things like what our expectations are of the students. For a one day or one morning trip, you don't have to have a huge list of rules, but you want to make sure that they know there's not going to be any phones out. You're not going to be trying to dodge work. We only have 120 minutes here to make an impact and do some great things. And so you want to make sure that they are all on board with you and you tell that in advance so you don't have to say it as the day goes on. Harvest Ministry Teams, the sponsor of this podcast, has been in existence since 1996 with the mission to go out to sing, serve, and share the love of Christ and to raise up the next generation of ministry leaders and Christian disciples. In case you haven't experienced Harvest before, check out our music at harvestministryteams.com music. We have worship songs, kids songs, instrumental albums, and more on Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon. Thank you. Number three, Give solid and detailed instructions. And this is similar to the story of the guy that is challenged to or or tasked with cutting down a tree. Instead of just taking his axe and going over there and start chopping away, he spends the first 20 minutes sharpening so that when the time comes to cut down the tree, it'll be much easier. And in that way, good instructions will go a long way to making a great mission opportunity for your students. You want to invest some time at the beginning with slow and deliberate questions, answers, and touring of what you will be doing. It's better to take 15 or 20 minutes at the beginning of your project for everybody to walk around and see what different things you're going to be doing or what you're trying to accomplish, where the supplies are, or who you need to talk to, or how they want it done. And if we go around and take this time without just trying to jump in and hurry up and get it done, then we're going to know our objective better. 
We're going to be able to better serve people. We're going to be able to find supplies without running around looking for somebody who knows what's going on. And any other thing that needs to be shared, it needs to be shared in advance. And I know we have to be flexible with this. You may not have every supply. You may not know exactly what needs to happen when. You may be waiting on somebody. But you want to take the time to slowly and deliberately talk about what you're trying to accomplish together. Don't assume you have to hurry in and jump in. If you invest a little time at the beginning for some detailed and diligent instruction, you're going to have a much more powerful and fruitful hour or hour and a half, depending on how long you're there. Number four, know your goal as the leader. Now, here's something that is a little bit counterintuitive. The goal of the leader isn't to accomplish the mission. The goal is to help students engage in meaningfully accomplishing the mission. So what that might mean is that the leader of the group, probably you since you're listening to this podcast, is going to be the person who is walking around, making sure everybody has what they need and knows what they're doing and is taking part. And it is difficult at times for especially type A type leaders to sort of not really have a job, in quotes. But this role that you are playing is a very important role for student ministry mission experiences. Somebody has to be the person who is kind of floating, who is checking on logistics, who is helping to solve problems, find supplies, make a connection. Somebody's got to be there to take a few pictures for posterity and fun publicity later. Somebody also has to be around just to encourage and make sure kids are moving in the right direction and doing their best possible work. And as you are doing that, you are fulfilling an incredible role. You're allowing students to meaningfully accomplish the mission, to help them engage, to use their gifts, to see God at work through them, and to give them a sense of accomplishment as a student ministry. And it's going to awaken something in them greater than if all the adults do the real work while they just kind of sit around and watch. And so you have to know the goal as the leader. Now, this is tough for some leaders because at times it may not be quite as good as you could do it yourself, but you have to trust that 90% hands-on ministry and mission with a student is going to be more fruitful in their lives going forward than a 100% job done by you. So you can do your best to help instruct them and teach them and lovingly let them know how to do it best. Many kids have learned a lot of skills by serving in the church in mission and ministry. So I think that's awesome. Well, here's the fifth one. It's pretty simple, and that is that leaders need to keep their eye on the clock. Schedules are important in these type of settings because you've got a lot of different pieces to manage, a lot of different people. If you're serving somewhere, those people are giving up their time to help you serve, and there's just a lot of input that goes in on a lot of different angles. And so we want to make sure that we are watching the clock. And, of course, we want to practice the idea of being unhurried, but we also want to be disciplined. And as a leader, you need to call the shots. You need to take a look to assess the situation, see how much farther we've gotten. If there's 10 minutes left on the clock, we're not going to go and start another project. We're going to make sure that we finish what we need well. If it's too big a project, we might need to uh, do a little bit of conversation. Maybe we're going to stay another 15 minutes because we think we can finish it up if that's okay with the people. Or maybe we're going to wind up having an opportunity for students to put a bookmark there maybe come back again, or maybe just let them know that somebody else is going to be taking it from there if we've kind of pre-planned it that way. So we want everybody to be effective and let everybody know what's happening when and what's happening next. 
Something else that the leader can do as they keep their eye on the clock is to use the clock to motivate for bigger spurts of energy. For example, something like saying, hey, 10 minutes until the break, let's try to get this section painted. Or we got 20 minutes until we're going to stop for lunch. Let's try to finish cleaning all this up and then we'll have a break. Those are the five things. There's probably more, but I just wanted to share these for anybody who might be planning a spring mission project or some sort of serving day with your youth group or your mission trip that you're going to be taking this summer. Here are the five things again. Number one, advanced preparation will make it better. Number two, you focus on the people you're serving. Number three, you give solid and detailed instructions. And number four, you know your goal as a leader. And finally, number five, the leader keeps the eye on the clock to keep track of where you're at, where you need to be, and what you're going to do. So hands-on ministry and mission is a win-win for the students and for those being served. And you as a leader play an important role of connecting both parties together. The ultimate goal is that we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And we need to help this happen by organizing and leading well. Spend time in prayer and being the church right where you are. Well, I'm thankful that you're listening to this podcast again. Thankful for your ministry. And if you aren't in student ministry and you happen to brush across this podcast anyway, I encourage you to send it to the student ministry leaders in your church, people who are paid or volunteer to help lead the way for the church to help the next generation follow Jesus. Well, thanks again for being a part of today's episode, and we'll speak with you later. Thanks. Thanks.